fast, efficient and affordable business grade hosting solutions, domain registration, SSL certificates and more. We also monitor and provide website security and update services, website builds, email hosting amongst other sensational products. If you have a question about your web page or your presence on the internet in general, no job is too big or too small. Visit our website today or better yet, contact us at blueoceanwebhosting.com.au and leave your website issues to us. Big ones, little ones, fiddly ones, powerful ones. The ones for the car or the truck, caravan, boat, mobility scooter, solar system. In fact, for any kind of battery, go straight to Battery Central Ipswich. They'll even help you when you know what you need to power but have no idea what'll do the job. Battery Central Ipswich, 280 Brisbane Street, West Ipswich, behind the yellow building. Expert advice, better batteries, best prices, every day. That's Battery Central Ipswich. Welcome to episode 756 of the Aussie Tech Heads. I'm Jason Oakley and this is Will Tompkinson. Hey, Will. Hey, mate. How's things going up north? Um, well, first it was really cold and then yep. it was wet and then it was a bit more wet and then it got really hot and then it got really hot and wet and <laughs> then it got really hot again and then it got really wet then some more wet and then some more wet and a bit hotter and then some more wet with hot. Ah. Mm. So a lot of humidity and wet carpets again? Uh, it's like 40 to 43 degrees, Jeez. 90 odd percent humidity, and it's been raining for like the last six hours. So, <laughs> we had a bit of rain today, but ours cooled down to like 26 or something. Yeah, so we, less humidity, which is good. So, the more rain we had, the worse it seemed to make it. Yeah, but it's just been like the, we've had massive storms the last two or three nights, like old school you know good old-fashioned thunder and lightning and very very frightening you know no hail just like horizontal rain <laughs> literally horizontal so uh, we got um look you look out our kitchen window we've got a big like bay window looking out at the kitchen and then we've got like the back deck which is i don't know 10 meters wide something yep. like that it's wide enough that i can park the van under there and still have room to walk around it and we thought we might have got hail so i parked the van in there and I heard the rain. I thought, yeah, that's interesting. I got to get a drink and the window was wet. Ah. So the rain, it only had about a two foot gap to come in because the van's parked in the deck, under yep. the deck. So it actually had to come horizontal to get in there. past the van along the deck and hit the window. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it was, of course, blowing that strong that it's blowing the water back up the roof. So it's yep. not coming down the guttering like it normally does. It's going up the roof and backing up along the uh, skylight. Yep. And the wind's pushing it up the skylight and over the top. And it's actually coming in the skylight from the front side of the rain going up and over. <laughs> like... <laughs> <That> it's <is> nuts. <laughs> so, yeah. 
So that was interesting. Well, as long as you're having fun, that's the main thing. Uh, not really no. my definition of fun, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, I shouldn't complain. We didn't lose power or, or we did for a few minutes, but, you know, nothing. Normally you get three drops of rain and you got power out for two days here, but so far, um, yep. it seems to be a little bit more robust at the moment. Cool. <clears throat> so. I've been doing a bit of money spending. Check this That's out. I've got a know. pebble. Not a pebble watch. I mean, you could wear it as a watch, I guess. You could try. <laughs> it's got a little subwoofer and a couple of mini speakers, so it does 2.1 quite nicely. And with the technology you got now, you can even call it kind of fake 5.1 a bit. But they just sit on the desk there and subwoofer on the floor over there and get some really good sound. Because I haven't had any sound output except for my BenQ, which has got a pissy little speaker in it. Mm. And if I didn't want to have the headphones on, then you just couldn't really hear something. And sometimes I just like to, you know, play a game, listen to music without the headphones on. Sometimes my daughter comes in, she's like, oh, Dad, I want to show you this YouTube video. Can you turn your hear yeah, headphones yeah. around so I can hear it as well? We can buy it. So I'm like, screw it. I'm going to go buy it. And I was only going to get the two speakers, but... Um, the subwoofer, I think, added in was like an extra 15, 20 bucks. So I thought I'll get the subwoofer with it too. Might as well get a bit of extra boom. And they're going to put your feet on. Yeah. So the perfect, perfect height to rest your feet Mine's on. Mine's over there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you could still rest your feet on them, I guess. Yeah. I don't want too much under my desk here. I get annoyed with stuff under there. I've already got all these cables dangling down the back. I should really tie up again because they're dangling down where my feet are. I've kind of given up with cable management because... The way my luck works, everything works perfectly right up to the point where I can't access it anymore. Uh, as soon as I can't get to that cable... Or if it's that messy, device, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly if you tidy right. it up, it's like... It's yeah. like um, uh, wherever it is now, this sensor for the Oculus. Yep. Have the Oculus working perfectly. I've been working all weekend, tested, find out cables running everywhere just to like test it to make sure it's working. Works. Pulled everything apart, set the system up, moved everything, removed the whole room around to accommodate the VR better. Tucked all the cables out of the way, even got like proper extension cable. Well, you can't see that because it's blue and the green screen doesn't know what to do with it. Um, but yeah, I even got proper extension cables to extend the USB 3s for the sensors and everything and hooked it all together. And one of the sensors died. Jeez. Uh, and it's like, and it's the sensor that's at the back of the room. So it's the one I had to run the cable all the way around the room to get to. Yeah. I thought, oh, maybe it's just, you know, USB is too long or something. And so I'll check it. So I, Swapped it over with one of the other ones, and they work perfectly fine. So yeah, that sensor died. I'm like, oh, for crying <laughs> out. So, can't win. No, it's uh, typical though. That's why I just like it's a functioning mess. Like it's a mess, but, but a, it's a functioning mess. <laughs> and it's really easy to find a problem. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I look, that cable goes from there to there. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> so. I also did a little bit of other online shopping. I bought a couple more um, Ring security cameras. Ring, ring. So I'll stick one at the front of the house on that side to monitor for going down the side of the house and in front of the garage and then stick one out the back here for the back fence and side gate and everything. Because we've had um, mm. this little town and the one next to it have had a bunch of break-ins over the last few weeks. Mm. And um, yeah, on, a, on Australia Day, they broke into a computer store and stole a whole heap of stuff. So I figure I might as well stick with the ring network, which I've already got the doorbell. So... 
I'll have three cameras around the house, which should help. These ones have got spotlights, got four LEDs down each side. Yep. So if someone comes near, it'll turn the spotlight on to get a really good picture. And it's also got a remote siren that you can set off ear-piercing one to scream scream in their ears and make them go away. But it um, all connects through to the app together. And if one of them senses, you can set it to person only, so it doesn't detect cats or cars or anything like that. But if one of them sees something, all the cameras turn on at the same time. Yeah. Just in case he nicks around the front and you th- before the camera can turn on around there, they're all going at the same time. So hopefully they, that should be quite good. They record locally as well as Wi-Fi, don't they? Uh, just through the Wi-Fi, I think. Oh, they don't have a local buffer? I'm not sure. I haven't yeah. actually looked into that. So no, so the, the ones I've got, uh, I've got Reolink cameras um, for work, for setup, which I'm also putting at home here. Yep. They've got um, an SD card internally as well oh okay so even if there's a network error or something happens or um you can happen if you if you get two or three triggers two or three cameras trigger simultaneously yep. and they all try to record at the same time sometimes the server can lag a bit and it misses the first few seconds while it's trying to uh. catch up um so they record everything to their local sd as well as doing a dump to the thing but it means it's, the network's not as critical so worst case number somebody comes and um, you know, breaks in and steals the server or whatever, or cuts the network cables. The cameras will still record locally. Ah. So, um, and these ones have got uh, rechargeable batteries and a solar panel. So, yeah, I'll stick the solar panel up, and they're wi- fully wireless. They go on the Wi-Fi with their own battery to recharge. So they should just last forever, and you won't have to change anything. It's funny, you know, when I used to do security and surveillance pre two thousand to to do that to have a video camera on your doorbell yep. that instantly records um without you having to do it um you could you could you could do it mm. it was about a five thousand dollar system though mm. <laughs> yeah you, know, you had to have um at the time um grand tech was one of the few companies that was actually doing uh like four bnc input capture cards at 30 frames at um 30 frames a second at 640 by 480 yep. or 15 frames a second at like 800 by 600. And that was the maximum resolution for the cameras. Anyway, That's unless all we up, needed back in our day. Unless you went up into the big commercial CCTV cameras that they used at like the casinos and stuff. But then you go from a $2,000 camera to a $50,000, $70,000 camera. <laughs> but yeah, even a basic setup with average business, you know, would it, you walk into most even bakeries now, they've got three or four cameras yeah you know 20 years ago that was you know, ten thousand dollars worth of hardware sitting there they couldn't afford to have ten thousand dollars worth of hardware sitting in the bakery no you know but now whether it's ring or whether it's um there's two or three companies doing it google nest has come to google australia nest. now too which yeah, i would have got but they didn't have the doorbell until a couple of months ago and i bought mine like six months ago so yeah google and missed then once, out. once you're sort of vested in an infrastructure you tend to stay there um oh which is why i've gone with the rear links they're not the absolute best cameras and they're not the best software but they're really good compromise between price and performance yep. they are generally pretty reliable and very rarely crash they usually always if they do crash they usually reboot themselves and, and handle themselves anyway uh-huh. um you know and they're not they're not fantastic picture quality there are better ones but the thing is you're paying three times the price to get 
a ten percent picture increase. Yeah, you don't. Need you know, that. So it's like yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's like it's not really. I mean, if I had maybe the only one I might invest in a super high resolution camera would be one to put directly behind me at the counter. Yep. So that like anybody walks up to the counter, it's a super high res on their face. That might be maybe worth investing in a, a slightly higher quality camera for that, but. If the thing's the outside with cobwebs over it and trees blowing, <laughs> and you can't rain. see the picture anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, Actually, yeah, they work yeah. really well in the rain. The, uh, my, one of my cameras is a PTZ, so it's one of the tracking ones, yep. the orb cameras that follow you around. And it's got six infrared spotlights on it. Uh, and when it when it goes low light, like when it's raining heavily, that actually drops into night mode and turns the infrareds on. Yep. And it makes it look crystal clear like it's not even raining. Oh, okay. See so through cool. the raindrops. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> nice. So that that's a nightmare thing, I think. But uh, but yeah, no, the ring. I'm looking at I'm looking at the Google Nest one at home just because I have a couple of Google products. I don't know. That's I what I w- no, I would have gone with it if I could. Yeah, I, I don't just know. Didn't weren't in Australia yet. I haven't really decided which way to go yet. If anyone's got any ideas on on what's a good it's got to be something you can integrate into um, into themselves, obviously, but it's something that's uh, somewhat future-proofed and something that has multiple devices so other than just doorbells. Like I want to actually put an alarm in and I want to put the you know, electronic door locks and so I want the full yeah. the full thing. So I've got a couple of ideas, but everything I look at is American. There doesn't seem to be much in Australia doing it, so I don't know. Yeah, some of them got um, glass Breaking sound detection and, and notify if yeah mm. the glass one's actually an interesting um, an interesting that works on the particular frequency of glass breaking yeah um, but it also it's it's kind of, there's there's two the ones that just work on the with the microphone that pick up glass breaking they'll false trigger with lots of different noises at a higher frequency um, but the really good alarm systems that I used to install actually had um, flex sensors on the front of the they had a little mm, like a little pin on the front of the uh, thing and actually stuck on the window yep. so if the glass shattered that pin would fire out and it would know that there's nothing there oh, right. as a mechanical yep. you know it, it wouldn't false trigger <laughs> so yes, was, but yeah I think there's um, yeah other things like smoke detectors and that all integrate into these things yeah, well, now in Queensland, they've all got to be hardwired, and there's got to they've got to be synchronised or something, so that they both you got to have minimum of two or three, and they've um, they've got to be hardwired together, and they've got to like yeah, be all these new fang and dangle things now. I don't yeah. know, I haven't really looked into that yet. Um, but once again, it's supposed to stop false triggering. So if you burn something in the kitchen, it goes, oh no, it's just them cooking again. No, yeah. <laughs> so I have to look into that a bit more. Left the stove on again. The other thing that I did, I was looking at, uh, because you know I use Camtasia for editing video Mm -hmm. files. I was like, I wonder how much it would be to get the latest one. So I went to the TechSmith website, $459. So I was like, that's not a good idea. So I thought, what about upgrade? Okay, upgrade is about $215. Honey says, oh, hang on, I could do a coupon. Let me try a few coupons. Okay, it's now $189. I was like, well, still still a bit much for what I was looking for. So I went and had another look at Hip Film Express. Yeah. Installed that. Watched watched a 
quick YouTube demo of how to work stuff with it and went, this is pretty much exactly the same as Camtasia, only better. And free. With more options and free. But <laughs> but um, the free one doesn't have dark mode theme. They want you to pay for that. So I had a look at the packages to pay for and there's a, a $9 US package, which gives you the basic and dark mode theme. Yep. And there's one for about $20 and one for 35 And I was like, $189 yeah. Australian versus 35 US, which works out about $57 Australian. I'm just going to buy the high package for the Express. I mean, they've got a pro version if you want to pay $350 and stuff like that, but paying paying just $57, which is less than, it's like a quarter of the price of Camtasia, does yeah. all the same stuff plus it more. Does a lot more. And I was like, this is fantastic. I'm just going to, I'll give them $57. You don't have to. You don't have to give them anything at all. Yep. But it's worth it for the price difference and I do video editing. So I really need something like that. I'm like, this is great. I thought I used, I think I used it for years on the free version. Yep. And in the last 12 or 18 months, I think I bought the middle pack. Yep. Yep. To do a couple of things when I was working out, I wanted to do um, motion tracking. Yep. And I wanted it to track certain things and stuff. And yeah, you needed a pack for that. I'm like, yeah, 25 bucks or whatever it is. I'll buy yeah. that. I've been using it for 10 years. Like, <laughs> why, why would you pay $459 to something else? Mm. And even just to upgrade, $189 was the lowest I could get it to. I'm like, I've got Camtage 9, which is not supported anymore. Hasn't been for years because they brought out 2021 yeah. and all the newfangled stuff. It still works. I can still download the uh, old copy and it still registers with my registration code and everything that I bought it for. It was probably like... 280 bucks or something back in the day but yeah i'm like no these guys got me sold i'm really really happy with it and gotta learn a lot of funky features and stuff so i'll keep an eye out for that it's relatively simple and i like it too because you can save workflows so if there's something you do regularly you can save it as a workflow rather than a template and it's a fluid version of itself so if you're editing files that are similar and you're doing similar intros, similar outros, similar file lengths, you save it in there and it goes, oh, hang on a minute, we'll just adjust this and do this. And it does that all by itself and then just let you double check it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't even need to mess around and go, oh, I'm going to do this and put this here. Like templates are good, but templates are lit literal repetition work. So you're doing exactly the same thing over and over again. Yeah. But the fact that you can, yeah, you can, it's got enough fluidity and enough AI to figure out that, okay, this isn't quite the same length or this is a slightly different bit rate or whatever. I'll just adjust it and make it work. Yeah. You know? On Linux now, I, I'm thinking about still using that because apparently I can install it under Wine and it'll work. Ah. But at the moment, I'm just using KDE, KDE NLive. Yeah. And it's not a lot different. It's, oh, okay. probably, it's not quite as powerful, but for like 95% of the stuff you ever want to do. Good enough. It's perfectly fine. You know, um, if I ever need to do more than that, I'll switch. I'll switch back over again. But for now, it's and it's the default pop install, pop store install. So, aye. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I did the last couple of shows with that. And oh, speaking of which, <laughs> the shows scheduling hopefully will start to improve a little bit more. Um, so it's been a bit odd in the last few weeks. Sorry about that. But uh, there's been a combination of events. 
Yep. None, not, not, not most of which is uh, we do have to say get well to Glenn as well. He's having a bit of a rough trial at the moment. Mm. And uh, if you guys haven't heard from him for a while, it's because, yeah, he's a bit under the weather. So um, if you guys want to probably hit him up on Facebook or Twitter and wish him all the best, that'd be that'd be good. He'll, he'll be see great. those most likely. So yep. normally we rag on him, but, uh, you know, we'll let him off this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just this week. Yeah, just, just yeah. this week. Yeah. <laughs> so... I should say, uh, new new uh, three sixty four magazine got to me today from the UK. What's this thing you're holding? I don't recognise. Yeah, Commodore sixty four f- newsletter it's magazine. Magazine, All glossy and stuff. <laughs> got pictures and there's a a guy um, and his brother, the Rollins, who used to make really good games for the Commodore sixty four, like um, NES styles quality speed and everything um creatures creatures 2 and mayhem and Monsterland and cyberdyne warrior and retrograde and they were doing that all when they were like teenagers over in the uk and this guy's got a column now where he talks about all the stuff that he um how he did stuff and why they chose to do things and what inspired them with other games that they saw at the arcades and stuff like that so it's really interesting nice. saw some of the old 80s Less than known pinball machines, ah. or the late seventies, early eighties, come up somewhere marketplace. Yep. Um, and I remember when I was working in the arcade twenty years ago. The yeah, it would be twenty twenty five years ago. Um, <laughs> that grandpa. Yeah, I know, right? Um, the these ones we ones we were trying to sell at that point because they'd already run there twenty years. You know, they were done, um, and they were a five hundred dollar machine back then. Um and yeah, this on these like B grade um, pinball machines. Well, I mean B grade in terms of the names of them. The actually mechanically they were fine, but yep. um they were like twenty five and thirty thousand dollars. Ah, <laughs> I'm like these are the same things we were almost begging people to come and get rid of for five hundred bucks. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Big chains, they're a big collector's thing now. And they have the Newcastle Pinball Association every year where they fill up the club that I went to a few years ago with my daughter with just pinballs all on free play and stuff. Yep. Even going back to the really old ones that had rubber band bumpers and a ball and the flippers and stuff, all manual, no electronics in it at all. The only thing about pinballs, other than them getting a little bit more complicated with their scoring systems and lighting and stuff, they haven't changed a lot. I mean, I know now there's full, um, there's full LCD ones. Like they don't even, not even a, they're not even a table with a ball. They're literally all digital now. Pinball dreams. Not interested in that. Like that's wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they they're effectively still just um, they're basically still just um, the same principles. Like they haven't really changed the way that they hit the balls and the way that they collect the balls and all that stuff is yeah not a lot different than it was. When was it the Space Pinball or whatever it was, <laughs> the first one that came out. So yeah, back in the late fifties, early sixties, whatever it was. They were banned in the US because they thought it was a form of gambling. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I can kind of see that to some degree. It is definitely addictive. Yeah. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's human nature. Everything we do is addictive, which is why we do it. Like that's yeah. why there's things set up to do that whether it's even shopping like they have shopping down to such a fine art you walk in you you rotate through the aisles in a certain direction they play certain products in certain places like 
because like, human nature is such a predictable thing that they it know is. exactly what they're doing. <laughs> and pinball machines, arcade arcade machines, claw machines particularly. Yeah. Because they're the biggest con. They really are because <laughs> they don't want you. To, I mean, you do. You no. pay money for a machine to not work. Yeah. And what's interesting, and yes, there are some hacks and there are some ways to increase your chances of getting it. Wiggle it really hard. And it also comes down to how much of an ass the machine operator wants to be and sets the claw, how soft they set the claw. But you can, there are ways around that. But one of the, you remember, the, there was one that, uh, it wasn't a claw machine, it was like a, a prize wheel thing and it would spin this way and there was half a dozen different buttons yep. and you'd press a button and it'd stop in a zone in front of you. I spent, not when I was working at the arcade, I spent ages, because I had most of the games figured out. I spent ages trying to figure out the pattern. Like There had to be some sort of pattern to this thing. Couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. And I um, was collecting the coins out of it one day and went into the settings menu. And there's actually, in the settings for that one, under controls, there's a delay setting between when you press the button and when it responds. Ah. And you can set zero, one millisecond, two millisecond, or you could set random. And <laughs> random was between zero and 10 milliseconds. <laughs> so it didn't matter when you press that button, you don't know what the delay on the other end of it's going to be anyway. So yeah. it was completely pointless. <laughs> the, the button really wasn't connected to the machine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but because they weren't a gambling machine, there's nothing saying... They're just a game of yeah, chance. it's not like not the pokies of... where you have to give away a certain percentage. You have to pay your 85% and stuff like that. You didn't have to do that on these. And uh, it's like you'd rig the coin stacks. Yeah. You know, and you'd rig them and you'd pack the stacks so that when they got nudged far enough forward, the lip on the machine would go up like that and the stacks were tall enough that when they hit the lip, they'd fall backwards. Yeah. <laughs> they'd fall into the machine instead of out of it. Uh, all this gammy things. <laughs> oh, it was great fun. Guess what I've been getting... Oh, sorry. Hate me. Sorry, I was going to say, they used to hate me when I went to other arcades. Because <laughs> <laughs> you knew it. <laughs> I started getting into last night Satisfactory. Oh, that's a great game, isn't it? That's a fun little game. Yep, I love Did that Did you game. know what I found out, though? If you started up, you've never played it. I, I put up a server in the lounge room computer like I do. Join yep. the server... And you don't get the introduction or get taught how to do anything. Yep, I discovered that. So too. I'm walking around going, it says, you need to make the hub. You need to make the hub. I'm like, how do I make the damn hub? Where do I go to make the hub? What do I collect? It says, well, you walk up to a bush and it says, press E to pick up the bushes. So I've got all these grass and all these leaves and uh, wood and stuff. And I'm going, I don't know what to do in these Great big monsters come running behind me, chasing me, and some breathing fire, and some that are like forty feet tall, and some flying through the sky like a like a, what was stingray yeah, like, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like flying through, then I'm like, what do I do in this game? So I was like, okay, it, it can't be terrible because a lot of people seem to love it. So I went and watched a YouTube video, and this guy's like, I'm going to take you right through everything oh. from create the game world right through beginner stuff so he does create world and it does this little cartoon animation of things that you do in the game i'm like i i did not see that mm. why and then he hops puts you in a capsule and you go down to the planet on this capsule and it opens up and the guy pulls down the things and you walk outside and start walking around it's like okay 
Hi, I'm your handy little computer that talks to you called Ada. Um, yeah. Press Q to do this. Now press V, hold down V, and I'm like, wait, that didn't happen on my one. What's going on? So I thought I'd start it in single player mode. Oh, there we go. It's got everything. Yeah. Now I, know what yeah. I did exactly the same thing as you. <laughs> Because I before um before you decided to play uh, Valheim, I'd actually been playing that for a couple of days. Oh, right. Because I was waiting because you're I think you're still getting the server up or you're trying to figure out what you wanted to play. Yeah. And that was one of the three games. And so I actually started playing that for like a day or two. And um yeah, it's not it wasn't a bad game. Although I discovered don't put your base directly over the top of the mine that you want to mine. Oh, it doesn't work. Oh, I love the little portable mining robots. You chuck yeah. it on there and he goes, pops up, vzz, 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 turns around, looks at you, settle up, and then starts, starts digging, drilling through. And the great big huge smeltery you make to put your iron ore and your copper ore and your... I think I've got... Because the map I started on... Limestone. Um, there was like nothing like i walk for like two hours just to find a resource to actually mine <laughs> i'm like i should restart i'm like no no i'm you know i'm here now i'll just keep going and it's one of those mine it's like minecraft in some regards you just get these absolutely horrible hands you dealt with sometimes when you start the game you're like no nah, yeah. screw it game you put me here right that's it Mine I'm going to show you. <laughs> I just walked along for a while, and it's like you got to do a hub. I had a bit of a look around, ran away from some mon monsters and stuff. And I'm like, here looks like a nice little bit up on a bit of a hill, because, you know, like in Minecraft, I always go up a bit of a hill. I build the hub there, and it's like, okay, you need iron. The spot that I picked specifically because it was near a couple of iron veins, so I thought I'll start <laughs> there. Then it goes, okay, now you need copper. So you use your device, boop, where's the copper? Oh, it's 150 metres that way. Well, that's handy. Okay, go over there, put down a couple of machines to drill there. What do I need now? Limestone. Oh, you just look over the edge, straight down there, some limestone. So I've got six of the robots going, and I'm right in the middle of all the different um, ores that I need at the moment, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's... Um it's it's yeah as i said I, well, I haven't played it since those first couple of days i played yeah but from what i remember it's it's a lot of fun i got the hub up to level four put on a smelt tree put on an engineer's workshop put on um oh the hub gets upgraded so that you can put biofuel into it like leaves and wood and stuff and it turns into electricity so i hooked them all up with electrical power lines and stuff and started everything going and just grab all your stuff put it in there you go over to your robot pull the ores out of your robot that he's drilled shove it in the smelt tree turns it into ingots like in minecraft and you can turn that into rods and wires and copper wires and all this sort of stuff to build up all your stuff. But yeah, it looks like it's going to be a fun thing. So once I get the hang of the single player thing, then we can go onto a server <laughs> and probably start again. But at least by then I'll know what I'm doing instead of just, hi, you're on a server now. Please go build a hub. And you're like, what? what's a yeah, hub? That's after fun. How do I do it? <laughs> after I logged on to Valheim, there was a buddy... Raid. Drag, dragon attack anyway. <laughs> Seriously. Haven't been on for two weeks. Second I log on and they attack. Oh, that destroyed the joint. Yeah. Uh. <coughs> All the rock walls and stuff. That was fun. Uh. Damn. Uh. Drakes. Anyway. 
Yeah, strikes. Oh, uh, we should thank uh, our sponsors. Yeah, our patrons. Um, and our coffees. And our coffees <laughs> and our PayPal's and our. Thank you, coffees. <laughs> we love you, coffee. <laughs> Especially level twelve, super intense. <laughs> Jabba, 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 jabba. <laughs> 300 <laughs> coffees. That uh, no, helps, guys. It, um, it just helps us keep, you know, like paying for Zoom and paying for our hosting and, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, hit film. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's on you. It's on me. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, no, it, it, it just, it, and also too, it, uh, it helps us. Um, you know, realize that there are people out there who are watching and listening and, and all that sort of stuff. Because all we see at the back end is figures. Like figures that just num- I mean, are the numbers. We, they don't have anything associated. Five hundred people but, listen. Yeah, but how for long? For how many of them? Did yeah, they like the show? I don't know. They, first they downloaded listened. it. That's all we know. <laughs> have they heard before? Has somebody been to Harvey Norman and said all the systems automatically download it? Like, yeah. <laughs> not that anybody would do that. <laughs> oh. <coughs> Not my botnet. It wouldn't do that. No, no, no. It's not a botnet. All, <laughs> I know every single one of those people individually. They're yes. all friends of mine. Yeah. <laughs> User zero 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 seven eight six four three at gmail dot com. Yeah. Oh, Barry. I know him well. <laughs> Went to school together. Yeah. Yeah. Bezzy zero zero seven. Dear. We do some news. Oh, we've done everything else. Silvergate Capital has agreed to buy blockchain payments network and other intellectual <coughs> property assets from Meta Platform's digital currency venture, DM Association. DM said in a separate statement, it's shutting down operations with the asset sale. Meta, formerly Facebook, first unveiled plans for DM, formerly known as Libra, in June 2019 as part of a... Libra office or... <laughs> like Libra was the name of their cryptocurrency. Uh, sorry. They invented yep, their own one and called it Libra oh, and then right. renamed it DM. Right. Uh, formerly known as Libra in June 2019 as part of an effort to expand beyond social networking into e-commerce and global payments. The project immediately ran into fierce opposition from policymakers globally and in the quest for regulatory approvals, Facebook then renamed its digital coin to DM and scaled down its global ambition to focus on the United States. Silvergate issued a 1.3 million shares of stock to Diem and paid 50 million in cash for the assets. So that one didn't work for Facebook, but now they're going all in on the VRs and metaverses and everybody wants metaverse now. I don't know so much if it didn't work. It's more the fact that nobody knew they had it. Yep. <laughs> like or what you could do with it. <laughs> it wasn't something that came up in day-to-day conversation. No, got so, so many places are like Bitcoin's evil, all crypto is evil, we don't want it, everything destroys, every kind of crypto destroys the environment and use up all the electricity, which is not true, but uh, it's getting a lot of black marks against its name at the moment and a lot of people don't like it, particularly NFTs, everyone's harping on how they're the worst thing that was ever invented. You're just selling right. a JPEG, I could buy a JPEG or copy a JPEG. The the problem what's what's screwing over the NFTs is people are uh, hosting their file on a website and they the NFT what people think is the file on the website it's not it's the link to the file on the website so all they do is they just 
as soon as they've sold it is they take the site down the links or they break the link and you've you've you still own that link like they haven't done anything wrong you just don't have anything to link that link to i think that's part of what's tripping people up is the (laughs) it's been it is being used for nefarious gain in some regards but at the same time people should be more clear about what they're actually um bidding on or what they're actually buying are you just buying a link or are you buying a file or are you buying something you know like what are you buying yeah and that confuses a lot of people because they think it's just a bunch of stupid comic characters (laughs) that somebody drew in paint shop pro uploaded and said you can pay fifty thousand dollars for this they're like well that's dumb well i mean it's the same misunderstanding that's happening with qr codes though People think QR codes are evil thanks to the government. It's not the code that's the problem. It's what people do with the code. The QR it's just, code it's just like having a shortener like Bitly or all yeah, of those. It's, it's, it's just a thing to get to something. You can't hate Bitly because it directed you to malware accidentally because some nefarious person used that service to do it. That's right. It's not their fault. It's not QR's fault that somebody used a QR code to send you to a malware site or whatever. Yeah. And that's the thing, everyone is just now, thanks to the government, everybody associates QR codes with data, with tracking and privacy issues and stuff like that. It's like, it's got nothing to do with the code. Right? It's, that was to make it easier for you to be able to do stuff without having to go www.government.com slash check-in slash Queensland slash little shop on the prairie. Enter your yeah, name, enter your password. The irony about that is nobody would complain if they had to do that. Yeah. <laughs> They wouldn't do it, but they wouldn't complain. Right. It would be far less secure, but people wouldn't complain about it. And so many oh, yeah. grandmas and that don't even know a QR code or how it is or what to use it for. Or No. It's confusing for them. It's, I mean, yeah. No. It would have been easier uh, to brand 666 on the forehead. Probably cheaper too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hot iron. <laughs> oh, that smell. Bacon. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if they do anything with it. I guess it's it's the same thing. It's like the Steam one. Like it's there, but who really uses it? You know, you get the odd person buys an NFT or yeah. buys a game or something, but like it's not it's not really actively sought after generally. And it's all very very brand new, cutting edge stuff that nobody is really sure what to do with. And it's all collapsed at the moment anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as they announced those chips for graphics cards again <laughs> <laughs> so there was that so Microsoft has been in the news the last few weeks about buying uh, you know, Blizzard and Activision and King whatever else they've been after so apparently after they've acquired all these 68, 69 billion dollar deals whatever it was they had the FTC has decided, hey, that's um, you can't do that. Oh. <clears throat> you know, because they didn't bother to check with them before they did it. Uh, Microsoft preferred acquisition of games developer Act- Act- um, Activision Blizzard is set to face any trust review from the US Federal Trade Commission, reported Bloomberg on Monday. The deal valued at $70 million, uh, US, I'm guessing, was announced last month by Microsoft as part of their proposed deal. Microsoft would take the Activision... Uh, would take Activision's 10,000 employees and gain control of popular gaming franchises Call of Duty, Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, and Heathstone. 
Oh, Hearthstone. I used to enjoy that game. Yeah, we should play that again. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, uh, if it's approved, $70 billion deal would become Microsoft's largest acquisition. While both the FTC and Department of Justice both have authority conducting the antitrust enforcement, only the FTC will be involved in this merger reviewing review. The FTC reported a look at whether Microsoft, which makes Xbox consoles merging with Activision, would harm competition by limiting rivals' access to major game titles. Because that wouldn't have been part of their plan at all. No. Uh, Microsoft's acquisition to act. It's really hard to say that. Microsoft's <laughs> acquisition to Activision. <laughs> Sounds like it should be their catch line or something. Yeah. <laughs> Could face tough scrutiny with the FTC and Justice Department Antitrust Divisions. Jointly announcing last month they would rewrite guidelines for mergers. And then announcement both departments noted US industries have become concentrated in recent years. Uh, and surge in merger filings over the past two years threatened to worsen the situation. <clears throat> um, but what was interesting was that on Monday, Sony announced it will be acquiring Bungie for $3.6 million. Everyone's like, Nintendo, what are you going to do? Come on, you've got to buy somebody. <laughs> so Bungie does um, like Halo and Destiny and, and, and stuff And Halo like that. was Xbox exclusive, wasn't it? When it first came out, it was, yeah. I I think that was dropped That's after. where the card Cortana and stuff is from. Mm. Yeah, I think they dropped that after, like, the first Halo. Uh, when the second one came out, they released Halo and other stuff, and I don't think they, they kept it Xbox exclusively uh. after that. Maybe they did, but I don't oh, know. Hmm. I don't know. So, uh, I have a vague recollection of playing it on PC. Yeah, it's Halo. not on, not on um, PlayStation just PC and Xbox, I guess, Microsoft stuff. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't. It's not on PlayStation. But, um, but uh, yeah, so the company has explained that Bungie was still operated as an independent game studio and self-published games. Uh, Bungie's about 900 employees and headquarters in Belle- Bellevue, Washington. Uh, now it can come to PlayStation, do. Well. Microsoft would own the IP. Yeah. Um, well, if technically owns Technically, it's only own it. I mean, um, this is an important step in our strategy to, to expand the reach of PlayStation to a much wider audience. We understand how vital Bungie's community is to studio and look forward to supporting them as they remain independent and continue to grow. Well, Don't people have to be able to buy PlayStation 5s, though? <laughs> There's that. There's but my, that. Question, my question is, if Sony buys it for the PlayStation, does Microsoft still get it for the Xbox? Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> um, or is it like another game with two separate games, or maybe a new IP altogether. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I love in this one they're talking about. Then they go on to say, last week Microsoft bought Activision, and then in, it's got you know your normal Call of Duty and, and Diablo, and then it's got Warcraft, and it's got Candy Crush. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was the one by King. It's <laughs> uh, funny, but yeah. So I don't know. All these acquisitions and people buying. I mean, I get it. Like, there's only half a dozen major game developers left. Triple A's, yeah. You know, like, they really... It's like half a dozen companies now own everybody. Yeah, I mean, that's the way... We stick with our indies. Well, they've been doing this right so far, for the most part. Did you see Satisfactory is published by Coffee Stain, who do Valheim? Yep. Yep. That's why I think part of the reason I like it. But the quality of the 
graphics, like real high res photorealistic stuff in that one. And they don't real. It's not super CPU like uh, GPU intensive. Like it runs fairly decent even on a lower end system. Yeah. Um, surprising actually how well it works. So they they they're optimizing it quite well, obviously. Yeah. <clears throat> Probably all in Unity. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, even there's a lot of games in Unity that are still not really framey. So <laughs> it's not just being able to program it. It's being able to program it properly. Yeah. Apple is planning a new service that will allow small businesses to accept payments directly on their iPhones without connecting any extra hardware such as Block Inc. Square terminals. The new feature turns the iPhone itself into a payment terminal and will let merchants accept fees with the tap of a credit card or another iPhone on the back of the device. Shares of Block fell 3.6% to $106.98 in early trading on Thursday. Apple has been working on the new feature since 2020 when it paid about $100 million for Canadian startup MobiWave, which enables smartphones to accept payments with the tap of a credit card. The system will likely use iPhone's NFC chip that is currently used for Apple Pay. This effectively allows Apple to bypass rolling out new hardware because a significant amount of customers already carry the iPhones in their pocket. However, they said unless Apple can offer a cheaper product and easier platform, some business owners may be reluctant to switch. Square currently charges $299 for its device and a fee of 2.6% plus $0.10 for every transaction. No, it doesn't. Oh, okay, yeah. They've got two machines. They've got like their FPOS machine, which is two ninety nine. Then they've got the actual square terminal, which is the one most people use that attaches to your phone or a tablet. Oh yeah. And it's like thirty five bucks. That's what we use. We've used Why a few. Yeah, we've you're, used a few. You're not gonna buy an iPhone now to do it? We've used Google Pay, we've used um uh Tyro, we've used the Banks ones, we've used Albert. a few ones and Isn't the Commonwealth Bank one called Albert or something? Oh, uh, who'd know? <laughs> um but yeah, we've we've tried a few of them, but we've come back to square because it's it's simple and it works. Yeah. You, you do pay a little bit more in transaction fees than some of the other ones, but it's in your account the next day and everything just behaves itself. So yep. Don't worry, be happy. <clears throat> Pretty much. So speaking of Apple um meta on wednesday or facebook saw its shares fall after um after our trading reported mixed q4 results and lower than expected outlook for the first quarter on a conference call the company detailed the uh extent to which apple's iOS charges are hurting a business forecasting 10 billion dollar impact in 2022 oh. in q4 the apple of the impact of apple's ios changes were in line with expectations similar to q3 cfo david Wiener <laughs> said on his call. We believe the impact of iOS overall is a headwind in our business is on the other headwind on our business in twenty twenty two. It's on the order of ten billion, so a pretty significant headwind for our business. Apple's iOS fourteen point five upgrade released in April included app tracking transparency feature that had a notable impact on digital advertising. The ATT feature requires app developers to get permission from a user in order to track their activity across other apps and websites when using an iPhone or iPad. Like Meta, the social media company Snap has complained that the update OS is impacting its revenues. Um, so yeah, this goes on for a while, but they're basically, uh, CFO said that Google faces a different set of restrictions from Apple. He suggests Apple is motiv motivated to favor Google because of billions 
Google has been estimated to pay Apple in order to remain the default search engine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so they're not happy with Apple changing the parameters and actually having to ask people if they want to be tracked. Yeah, and other people are wanting to sue Apple for locking everything into their own app store. They want people to be able to install other app stores and or just download and install programs on their iPhone now. I think Epic is big in that. This comes to the whole sideloading thing again, doesn't it? Where Apple says, no, it's going to break our hardware. And everyone's like, um, well, no, I mean. It's just going to break your monopoly. <laughs> yeah. It's going to break your bank a little bit. But it's not going to hurt it. your hardware. According to a post on the Microsoft IT Pro blog, Windows computers will need at least eight hours of online time to obtain and install the latest OS updates successfully. Tom's Hardware says another revelation of the post is that Microsoft tracks how long PCs are connected to Windows Update, calling statistics update connectivity. The data is available to IT managers in the Intune app, a component of the endpoint management suite. The post details Microsoft's attempts to figure out why some Windows devices aren't getting the latest quality and feature updates and discovered that two hours of continuous connectivity was required to get updates. It then took six hours after the release of the patch for a machine to update itself reliably. Microsoft's figures show that 50% of Windows devices left behind by Windows Update and running a build of Windows 10 that's no longer serviced do not spend enough time connected to have the patches downloaded and installed in the background. This figure drops by 25% for customers using a serviced build of the operating system that lags behind in security dates by 60 days or more. The good news, as reported, is that Windows 11 updates are smaller than their Windows 10 counterparts due to improved compression and new Microsoft Graph APIs, which should help speed up the update process. I think the other problem could be people blocking Microsoft updates because they just don't like the things. They don't like the fact it breaks your computer every time it installs. Mm -hmm. Come on, that's something to do it. Well, if it convinces you go to Linux. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, it hasn't broken once since I installed it, and it's updated a lot, so, you know. Touch wood. And I'll give these guys credit, man. This thing updates at least once a day. Yeah. Yeah, they're on the Keeps ball with their updates. Yeah. I updated the game server the other day with all the stuff. Yeah. <coughs> yes, it's, uh, <laughs> we upgraded our website the other day, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, and then downgraded four hours later. <laughs> there was no website, was there? <laughs> Thank you, Joomla. Uh, Fredericks, yes, that was. No, don't mention anywhere that your update's going to completely break the internet. No, no, don't worry about that. Everything says, here's, here's a couple of little plugins or components that may cause issues. Not yeah. your whole website won't work ever again. Some people didn't have backups. Fortunately, we were using Akiba backup and backs up absolutely everything, including databases, files, info, everything. Otherwise, your SOL. Yeah, paying a bit more for the hosting because we've got more data usage, obviously, because they're backing everything up. But <laughs> a situation like that is definitely worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. That was ridiculous. I've got a copy of it on my computer here. Your backup of your website. On my computer here, on the Mac laptop, and on both my servers in the lounge room. <laughs> so if anything happens again now, I've got a copy everywhere. Oh dear. Yeah, well, even even that was painful, wasn't it? Even to get a backup, mm -hmm. a, a backup of the backup, like it, it didn't want to. 
No, the problem was if you upgrade, then all the files are overwritten. And if you drew a backup, which copies over the top of those, some of them are still the new ones, some of the old one, and the whole system craps itself. So the best thing to do is just wipe everything, install Joomla fresh, then install the backup into that one. Because the database tables and everything change as well, and you can't downgrade database tables to older system. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it was... Almost I mean, would, no templates work, almost no components work. <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted so much, but they were sending me 30 messages a day yep. saying you need to update, you need to, and they still are. Um, they probably would have this morning because it was on 3.10.4, which was the one that I restored it to, so I quickly did an upgrade to 3.10.5, probably about 4 o'clock or something. Uh, okay. Hopefully that'll slow it down. Yeah, but I mean, at some point, obviously they're gonna they're gonna ditch this, so we're gonna have to figure out how to make it work. So that's gonna be fun. There's gonna be a whole lot of mucking around for a couple Yay. of weeks. Because <laughs> you know, it's not like we've had this website perfectly operational for years. It's like literally only just been <laughs> put together, put up, and put together, and got functioning properly. So it's don't break pretty, it now, please. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, speaking of uh, Facebook and all that is very intelligence, um, Meta receives its first ever criminal charge from Australian billionaire Andrew Forrest. Andrew Forrest has accused Meta of not doing enough to prevent scams from appearing on social media platforms. Um, Australian iron ore magnate Andrew Twiggy Forrest has launched criminal proceedings against Meta in local courts, accusing the company of failing to prevent various scams and ads from using his name and image. The lawsuit is the first of its kind as Meta, formerly known as Facebook, had previously never faced criminal charges. The circumstances behind this lawsuit are also uncommon as it's a criminal proceeding arising from a private individual suing a corporation. Due to these circumstances, Forrest needs to get the approval of the Commonwealth Attorney General um, before he can go ahead with the lawsuit. The Attorney General has been contacted for comment. In a statement, Forrest said he filed the lawsuit and allegations that Meta committed three offences against Australia's anti-money laundering laws. Those three charges, all filed to the Magistrate Court in Western Australia, alleged that Meta is criminally reckless as it did not take sufficient steps to stop criminals from using its Facebook platform to send scam advertisements to the fraud Australians. This action has been taken on behalf of those everyday Australians, mums and dads, grands and granddads who work with their wives to gather their savings and ensure the savings aren't swindled away by scammers. On social media companies use much more of their vast resources and billions of dollars in annual revenue to protect vulnerable people. The people who are targeted and fall victim to these horrible scams of the harbour and savings. The Australian lawsuit follows Forrest launching a separate civil lawsuit against Facebook in the US six months ago. According to Forrest, both lawsuits were raised after he contacted Facebook platforms to prevent his image from being used. In response to the lawsuit, Meta said it did not want to provide specific comments, but said generally it does not want um, it does not want ads that scam people out of money or mislead people on Facebook to be on Facebook. But yes, it does. <laughs> do you, <laughs> do you know what I've seen a lot of? Advertisements on Facebook, so they've been paid for to, money to Facebook, <clears throat> advertising, get in early for the Facebook crypto, which is just launching, called the MetaCoin. 
<laughs> and the meta crypto. There's several of them. It's not just the one. Yeah. This is a scam that people are running about Facebook talking about. And you go to the website and it's got a picture of um, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook meta logo and everything on there and in the ad. And Facebook can't stop scammers using their own images and stuff yeah. to scam people on their platform and then paying money. Yeah. How? You just see these come up and people are like, oh, when's this going to launch? Oh, I've got to get my Facebook MetaCoin or whatever. And it's like they're, they're not doing it. But Facebook is allowing people to scam using their name. Meta says scam ads violate our policies and are not good for our community. <laughs> we don't we like it. They're very naughty boys. <laughs> we take a multifaceted approach to stop these ads. We work not just to detect and reject the ads themselves, but also to block advertisers from our services and in some cases take court action to enforce our policies. We're committed to keeping these people off our platform. <laughs> but bow. <laughs> now, would you like to try again? Find a friend, maybe? <laughs> Oh dear, it's hopeless. They don't no, it goes care. on a bit more about some of the other stuff that they're, you know, child abuse. He's also uh, hitting them up to, you know, they're having uh, breaches and custody battles and stuff. So, yeah. But yeah, it's, um, it, that was my, yeah, my, what found the story interesting. Okay, he's suing him, whatever. But the fact that they're like, mm, not us, our platform's fine. I don't know where these ads are coming from. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's from the like, sky. <laughs> like literally you've just said that you know like you take all action against them but when you're actually asked to action something you just don't yeah <laughs> that's their yeah. mo unless their facebook fact checkers get involved yeah uh, anything yeah. anything that's it's just fine don't worry about it yeah pretty much pretty much <sighs> that's it for me how about you That'll do. Thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show. We can be found at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, and Coffee. Email us, Will or Warlock, at aussietechheads.com.au and go to aussietechradio.com, 24-7 playback of tech-related shows. See you next time. Bye.